This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks, episode eight. Let's talk about burnout. We are going to be talking about burnout today. And the funny thing is, when we asked the question about burnout and to give us your questions and your thoughts about it, we have gotten so many responses. I mean, the most we've had. Which speaks to the fact that so many people are burnout. Which is scary. Yeah. Right? But yeah. I think it's real. And I think we also have a, because we have this very capitalistic culture, it's obsessed with the hustle. And even numerous people use the word hustle in some of their questions. And that's something that we'll get to later is talk a little bit about that. But this is a real issue, huh? It's a real issue. It's actually, Especially for millennials, don't yeah. you think? Oh, yeah. Because, because we got the, fucked on yeah. the economy. And there's more, <laughs> right. And there's more pressure to do more. Yes. Right? And we never feel like we're doing enough. Mm-hmm. So actually, and this goes in a big way for especially people that are self-starters um, or work for themselves or entrepreneurs oh, yeah. or side gigs. Because you can always be doing more. Always. It's almost like, remember in college when you were studying for a test and it always felt like you could study more? It always felt like that. And it's you like. You were definitely a better studier than me. I mean, I went a little nuts. Jen is a fabulous studier. I mean, it's a little too much. It's a little <laughs> over excessive and I probably burned myself out doing it. We had such a funny technique in grad school. Should we say it? Yeah, say it. <laughs> okay, so in grad school, let's keep in mind we're not the same people anymore. We were still in our young 20s, living the dream. Um, and Jen and I would study together for almost every test. We worked super well together, clearly, as you all know. Um, we would study together. We would sit in. Jen lived in this tiny studio apartment. For some reason, was all white. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I you, felt like I was like zen. To yeah, make you it did. All white. It was all white, right? Okay, so she listened to this. Bad for studio. cleaning, yeah, by the way. Bad for cleaning, and then she got an all white cat <laughs> to match her apartment. Bad for cleaning, also. <laughs> okay, so we would study for like hours upon hours upon hours, and then we would get super high. <laughs> 
Oh, we're saying this? And if we could remember everything after being stoned, we were like, all right, we did it. Okay. And and how and are we doing grad school? I forgot about that, actually. <laughs> That's what I said. Should we tell everyone? I know. I honestly had no idea where you were going with that. I was like, oh, you're going to tell everyone, like, how much we studied? And yeah. now we'll have to cut this because Jen will be uncomfortable. No, listen. No. <laughs> listen. We're being vulnerable and open, and we are not the same people anymore. And also, like, a lot of adults smoke pot, and that's okay. That's true. Okay. <laughs> so that's, we can all be here together. So, so, yeah. So Jen's a really good studier, and we were good studiers, and I have no idea how this relates back, but it's still very funny. Well, we're talking about burnout, <laughs> and we and we were burnouts. And we were. <laughs> so it does relate. So... So let's get back to the <laughs> yeah, actual yeah, right. talk. Okay, so let's go through a little bit because so burnout just got added to um, an ICD code, which we should probably split with it. So like there's so when we diagnose people, which Jen and I very rarely do, MFTs don't really believe in like a lot of diagnoses. We go by something called the DSM five, which is a Diagnostic Statistics Manual, and um, because most of it's about insurance when you give a diagnosis yeah. is getting someone covered, and so there's these codes you have to submit. And this year they set a code for burnout. Like, that is how often this is happening. So now, the fact that it is recognized as a legitimate medical disorder, you're now validated. Good job. (laughs) You're not making this up in your head. That's another thing. You've gone out. Yes. Another thing about the DSM is it's validating in some way. Yeah. So we want to talk about burnout and what it looks like and what it means because the fact of the matter is you also might be burnout and have no idea. Yeah. And, and blame it on other things in your life. Yes. And also the difference between what burnout is and compassion fatigue and just being plain tired and stressed. So first, let's talk about where burnout can show up. Perfect. Right? So burnout can show up, especially in your job. We hear this the most, right? So job is probably the highest thing and the most common thing and the most socially appropriate thing. But it's not the only thing we can burn out from. Friendships. Do you have a friend that takes up so much mental energy, a relationship that is exhausting but important to you, so it's hard to cut them off? You can burn out from that. Um, Relationships, whether it's romantic, whether it's platonic, caregiver. Caregiver is a big one. Big one. As you get older, if you have to take care of a parent or it's been put on you to take care of a sibling or a loved one who's going through some type of sickness or disability, you can seriously burn out from that. Or your kids. Or, oh, <laughs> oh did you know? They're also again. <laughs> or your kids. Parent yeah. burnout. That is another piece. So it is so important to recognize when you're burnt out in these different domains so that you can do something about it, which is what we're going to talk about today. Absolutely. Insight, awareness, and action, baby. Insight, awareness, and action. So there's also three types of burnout, if you didn't know. Uh, There's overload burnout when you're overloaded with things. You have too much on your plate. And as we talked about, people are working harder today and putting more pressure on themselves. And a lot of it's because of debt. I mean, a lot of this is the capitalist thing behind it about money or that we have jobs that don't pay us enough or you don't have health care at your job, right? Any of these things can make you feel like you can nonstop work. Also, under-challenge burnout Mm -hmm. where you don't feel like you're being challenged enough 
or you don't feel like you're being appreciated, that can happen in your relationships if you're doing so much and you're not getting recognition for it. So I could see that that happening with caregiver burnout with parents. Oh, yeah. Or if you're caring for someone with a serious mental illness, yes, that's absolutely. another piece. Right? Because you're not, you know, you're not going to get any right? sort of or, recognition I mean, if you have someone that. who has Alzheimer's or dementia, right? Yes. You can't even remember who you are to thank you. Yeah. Like. Oh, yeah. That is a big one. Mm-hmm. Also, neglect burnout. If you feel like you're being neglected in your job, right? If you're doing all this work and you're you're not getting any oversight or you're not getting any help, um, neglect is another one that can very easily show up. Cool. All right. So, let's go through, let's just like for... A little more information, right? And then we'll stop boring you and we'll get to the good stuff. <laughs> All right. So there was this 2018 report by the gal about like employee burnout and the five main causes. Unreasonable time pressure was number one, right? The one they talk about a lot with this was paramedics and firefighters. That is really interesting. Yeah. Right? And do you think those people get enough support? Absolutely not. Well, also, they're seeing like such intense stuff such intense stuff and also it's really often can be very male dominated oh yeah so do they seek therapy less do right they seek support less? right because it's there's a higher stigma in absolutely it. right and they might not even another thing because men aren't socialized to understand how they're feeling mm-hmm. um they might not even know that they're feeling no it exactly that makes sense so that's probably a big one also in any sort of medical any sort of medical professional nurses That is a huge one. Could you speak from personal experience with that? Yes. So my husband used to be a nurse, and he was absolutely miserable. Like miserable, right? So burnt out. I don't know if I have ever seen someone so burnt out. And so, thank God he switched careers. He's now a real estate agent. He is much happier. Mm. Um, But I also have a lot of friends who are nurses. I have a lot of clients who are nurses. It is – well, also, in Philadelphia, there's a lot of hospitals. There's a lot of hospitals. There's so many hospitals, yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm right by Jefferson. The Philadelphia office is right by Jefferson. And so there are, like, so many nurses. I, it's so easy to get burnt out in that profession. Mm. You're doing 12-hour shifts, and you are getting shit on, literally and figuratively, <laughs> by certain patients. <laughs> So it's tough, and and you don't usually get the recognition that. Well, you... I think doctors often get a recognition, but it's all nurses. I mean, nurses are the backbone of the entire. Absolutely, which is why right? there's a Nurses Day, but there should be more than that. There should, there should probably there should be, be more, more than, than just day. a day. It's like there's like a, a oh, and there might be a week. I hope there's there still should be there should more. There should probably than that. be a whole month. Yes. Um. Okay. So next is lack of communication and support from a manager. Hey, all of us had an experience at one point in our education career where we had a teacher that sucked, right? Yes. And then all of a sudden you're failing tests. They don't give a shit. You're expected to do it on your own. And that isn't how growing and learning actually happens. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, 
vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. So keep that in mind. If you had that experience growing up where you often felt abandoned by teachers yes. and felt like not supported and you needed more, you might start seeing that again in your professional career. Keep an eye on that. Um, lack of role clarity. This is an interesting one. This is a good one. Yeah. Okay. So only 60% of workers know what is expected of them. <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's, that's so many. That's well, that's so much. also, we have a question about that later that we're going to tackle. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, an unmanageable workload. That one, This one makes perfect sense, yes. right? <laughs> you just have too much stuff on your plate. And that's not even just at the office, right? If I have so much happening in the office and then I get home and like you have to take care of everything at home, right? And then you, yes. like, in theory, you're like, oh, and I'll also be healthy and I'll work out. And I'll go to therapy. I mean, like, who has time for all this No stuff, one. Right? It's and so there's so much pressure to do it all. Yeah, there is. Mm-hmm. Unfair treatment. Okay. Um, employees who feel they are treated unfairly at work are two to three times more likely to experience a high level of burnout. I mean, I wonder if this could also go into sexism. And I mean, misogyny that's at work, right? <clears throat> very They possible. don't state that here, but you have to make that You assumption. have to assume. Yeah. And I'm sure that happens all the time. Okay. So, once again, we are going to just tackle the five stages of burnout, and then we will get into our questions because we have a million. So, the first is the honeymoon phase, like when we get into a job and we're so excited about it, and we're like, this is a new job, I can't wait for this, and you're trying to tackle as much as possible, and so it feels good. Um, And then, so you begin to experience this this predicted amount of stress you're you're you pumped think, for it yes you know what's interesting i well, have to say I'm ready do people then set themselves up for disaster 
mm-hmm. in that because we work so hard at the beginning mm-hmm. and we always say on the show we teach people how to treat us right so do we teach that our bosses and managers and co-workers will take on more than we really are willing to mm-hmm. and we say yes too much at the beginning because we're like especially at the beginning when you're in this kind of people pleasing yeah, phase absolutely. right you want to do that yourself no be say, realistic. Say no. <laughs> say no. Don't do anything yes. in the beginning. Oh, good idea. Let's go the complete opposite. <laughs> Just the show. Kidding. Now we can change the name of the show to How to Fucking Get Fired. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, and the second phase is the onset of stress. So this is the second stage of burnout. Um, and then you start to realize some of the, some of your days are a little bit more difficult than others, and your optimism that was first in the honeymoon stage is now... Um, kind of floating away and so you start to feel like the initial signs of stress Mm -hmm. the third stage is chronic stress so you're feeling it much more often Um, and you go from being very motivated to experiencing stress on an incredibly frequent basis the fourth is burnout um, is where and this stage is very very important to recognize and um, you no longer can continue uh, functioning as you normally did. And you might be taking it into other st- other areas of your life. It's not just work. You're bringing it home. And this is the time you really need to seek intervention for yourself. Mm. And those are things that we will talk about. Um, and then the fifth is habitual burnout. And you really don't want to get here. <laughs> you really want to avoid this at all costs. So, And this is when, it, when the symptoms of, bur- of burnout are so embedded in your life um, that you, you're likely to experience that as a very like emotional problem, a significant physical problem. Um, it, it sometimes mimics the um, the emotions of depression, mm. right? So, so sometimes those are those two are hard to separate. So, those are the five stages. Let's get into some questions and stop torturing you with, with just random. Okay, right. Random but facts. now you have the background, right? So, as we answer these questions, keep in mind all the information you just learned, right? And play along with us, and you can also answer some of these questions, our wonderful <laughs> listeners. All right. How do you know when you have recovered from burnout? Listen to yourself. Are you feeling better? Do you have some energy back? Is your body stopped aching? This is what we talked about. If you listen to our last episode of Know Yourself, Grow Yourself, this is really about slowing it down, listening to yourself, and, like, trying to sit still. This is very Hard to do, especially if you have financial stress in your life. Oh, yeah. Right? If you are saying, okay, but I have these bills paid or I have this stuff to do, it is, I mean, honestly, the system is set up for us to fail. Yes. Right? If you're saying, I have to pay off my student loans and I have to pay for this and I have to do that, it is very hard to do, but we have to decide, is it possible to go a little bit against the capitalist ideas that we're thinking? Also, be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Recovering from burnout is a long journey, and it is okay. I mean, it's just like dealing with depression. Right, coming out of, it, like, and, exactly. Yeah. And you might go in and out of it. You might start recovering and then backtrack a little bit. That is completely okay. Mm-hmm. That's part of the process. Yeah. Um, and it's so important to be patient with that process because if you're not, you will dig yourself deeper into the burnout. And you had to remember that the idea of hustling all the time is glorified oh, in yeah. our society, right? So when people say like, oh, I'm like, I'm just like so busy, crazy busy, right? Mm-hmm. This is a big thing you see mm-hmm. right now. People, oh, I'm crazy busy. Crazy busy is not a badge of honor. Let's let it go. Oh, that's 
good. We can release that. It doesn't have to be that way. But it is counterculture to decide to do what we're talking about. Yes, absolutely. All right. So then it goes to how do you combat physical body aches and overall tiredness of burnout? This is a really hard one because it actually takes releasing the burnout and recovering from it. So your physical symptoms will mend when you start doing the mental ending of this. Here's the best advice. Stop the hustle. There's another um, question somebody else had said, like, what's the balance between hustle and burnout? Fuck the hustle, man. This is about a line. Slow it down. How much shit am I saying yes to in my life that I could be saying no to? You do not have to go to that third baby shower. You do not have to. Att- <laughs> I'm just saying. Right? Like, there is so much stuff that we do that takes away from our time. Does it have to be done? This is something I've had to learn. I keep my house, you know, I think I've talked about this in another episode. I keep my house very tidy. It is almost, it is suffering for myself to not clean it at night before I go to bed. And there are some nights I have to say it is worth more for me to have a messy house than for me to not get the sleep. I wish I had that problem. (laughs) I wish I had your husband. (laughs) You have a a living maid. It's amazing. Listen, it does not, I I have to join in. I can't just be like, clean this, right? Right? I wish. My God, that, yeah. So, so that's one of the things you have to think about is what can I release here? Sometimes it's micromanaging. Sometimes it's control. Sometimes it's people pleasing. The, so the balance between the hustle and the burnout is a line. Beautiful. Thank you. A line. That's going to be our new word of the week. Okay. So how, another question we got, how do you recognize burnout before it's too late? This is very important as we went through the stages of burnout. Um, when you get to that fourth stage and you hit burnout, um, so when you start to realize every day is a bad day, right? <laughs> so if you... If every day sucks, <laughs> you may have burnout. That's something to think about. Did you ever, do you remember um, the Jeff Foxworthy things? It was like, you might be a redneck. If... <laughs> no, no. Totally missed that one. Well, that'll be another episode. You might be burned out if you fucking hate your life. Right. And so every day you're coming home and you're like, that was a shit day. That's something to think about. If it's only certain circumstances, you're like, that was a bad day. We all have bad days, right? There are going to be days where you didn't get enough sleep the night before. Your coworkers are, you know, reacting in a negative way. Like, we're all going to have those bad days. But if every single day is a bad day and it's getting more consistent, that is something to recognize. So another thing to look at, caring about your work or home life seems like a total waste of energy. That's really something to look at (laughs) because if you start to feel like caring about your life is a waste of energy, you've hit burnout. Yeah. Well, and it's also like you're hitting scary thoughts. Yeah. Like, would it just be easier if I wasn't on this earth anymore? Right. And if you are having any of those thoughts, one, you call suicide hotline. Yes. You immediately ask for assistance. But the other thing is there's this part, you know, in our work that like if a client comes in as having some suicidal ideation, it actually doesn't scare us. No, not at all. One, we're so happy they shared it with us. But two, it's totally normal to want some type of escape. So many of us feel stuck in our lives to think like, oh, the only chance I have is to take it. It's That's actually a normal thought. We just want to do is if you're planning more and thinking about ideas, that's our red flag. Then you got to tackle it. Right. Or if you're thinking about that so often. It's a normal thing to think about what ifs, right? It's that idea, if I stick my hand in this blender while I'm making a smoothie. Like, like when we think about intrusive thoughts, we don't necessarily have control over them. We don't have to give them power, but we want to take a look at them. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you, 
if we speak about that, we're kind of talking about avoidance, right? So yeah. if we're like avoiding certain things in our lives because mm-hmm. we're caring less. So if you recognize you're staying in bed all the time just to avoid your life, you're you're getting to the point of burnout, right? Or depression. Yeah, absolutely. So you have to separate the two. You're exhausted all the time, right? So that's a piece of it. Yeah. You're always tired. And like I said, so these all look a lot like depression. Oh, absolutely. So, oh, and this is a really big piece because I think we all do this in certain ways. The majority of your day is spent on tasks you find either mind-numbingly dull or overwhelming, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're constantly on Instagram, if you're constantly on Facebook, if you're always doing things just to numb yourself Mm -hmm. or, you know, it it fits very much with avoiding certain things. So that's something to consider because I think a lot of us do that in certain ways. And it also perpetuates this, this feeling of burnout that we're not necessarily giving ourselves what we need to pull ourselves out of the burnout. You're just avoiding Um, And also, like, if you feel like nothing you're doing makes a difference or is appreciated, that's something else that might, might trigger the fact that you're starting to feel burnout. So another question we got was, how do you care for yourself when burnt out, but you can't take a break from anything? Okay. I'd like to say for the record, if you, the person who wrote this, if you don't believe my answer, you can message me and send me your whole fucking day. I don't buy it. <laughs> it. I want you to reality check. Is this true? You can always release something. Even if it's just tidying up the house. Even if it's that you make the decision to not shower and do dry shampoo. I mean, there is something that you can give up if it's too overwhelming. It's saying yes to stuff. It's family obligations. Your family, when you set boundaries, yes, people might not be okay with it. But if it's to save yourself and to take care of you, same thing. If you have to say no to your boss, you are allowed to do that. (laughs) Okay. Also there's so many times that we say okay I need to do this and I need to do that if you ask yourself okay so what if I don't do that what's the worst that's going to happen if you don't shower and you dry shampoo your hair what's the worst that's going to happen your hair's a little greasy you look a little greasy that's cool but you know dry (laughs) shampoo really gives you a lift so (laughs) it does but even if it's something bigger than that right even if it's saying to your boss you know what i can't take on this one other task i have to complete this one first your boss might not like it but you can also say i'm not doing good work for you so your choice is i do a bunch of stuff below average or i do this and actually accomplish it so something else to consider is are there things that you can replace with some of those things you were, are taking mm-hmm. out of your day? Things yeah. that are actually taking care of yourself Absolutely. and not taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't have the time to work out or exercise or meditate or... So these things you can do, you can implement in your day at random times. Can you take a walk, right? Can you take a walk on your lunch break? Can you... Even in circles in your office. Circles in your you office. You have to leave. The, like, that's what I mean. If you want to come up with anything to say Jen and I are not right, we will come up with some reason of Absolutely. why. Absolutely. So here's, yes. a, here's an example. In between clients, Emily and I will go into each other's room <laughs> when we're tired and do jumping jacks. It's weird. It's weird, but it's helpful. It's really helpful because it gets us back in motion. If it is before, you know, and this was, this happens a long a while ago when we were seeing so many clients way too many yeah we were seeing so many times because we were trying to build a business we were obsessed with the hustle 
Yes. I mean, that's what we were really into. So we would have to wake ourselves up by the end of the night by, like, doing jumping jacks and, like, trying to yell in our room. Yes. And it was very helpful, honestly. (laughs) So if you have this time and space to do jumping jacks in your room with someone else. Go for it. Go for it. It might seem silly, but it's also so (laughs) helpful. helpful. (laughs) All right. Um, Is there a difference between burnout and temporary stress? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Definitely. One leaves, one doesn't. Yes. There's your indicator. (laughs) Did I answer it? Temporary stress. (laughs) Temporary stress. Yes. Yes. How do you stop it before it starts? Um, uh, okay. I want you to look for your red flags. Jen just talked about some things, some feelings we'd be having. These are thoughts of every day is a bad day or I'm exhausted all the time or caring about my work or home life seems like a waste of energy. Those are your red flags. Your body is so smart. Are you listening to it? Are you so tired? Are you achy always? Have you not made any time to go to the doctor? Um, are you, you know not able to be present in any of these different parts mm. of your life. So what are the red flags here? If you start to identify them while they're starting, you can rein it in. Also, if you're getting sick often, right? Mm. If your immune system is down, that's something to recognize. It might not just be coincidence or the fact that it's winter and everyone's mm. getting sick. Like your immune system might be down. Um, and also if you're like neglecting your own needs or like withdrawing from your responsibilities, these all are included in these red flags, Mm -hmm. right? All things to look at. I mean, and I like, I love this one, like short tempered. For me, that's it. Like I talked about this in the last episode. For me, my anxiety comes out as irritability. Mm -hmm. When I am very short tempered, that's my indicator. And mine's anxiety. And yours is shut down. <laughs> As we talk about. And yours mine is just is shut anxiety. down. anxiety. Yes. I shut down. I feel very tense inside. I feel like I have to release something, but I'm very shut down. I won't, I won't talk as much. I will turn inward. So that's how I recognize. So as we talked about know yourself, grow yourself, you have to recognize what's personal to you, mm-hmm. how certain things affect you. It might be different for a lot of people. We're just giving you kind of the generalities of, of how certain people might experience burnout, but you have to recognize what is right for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so listen to know yourself, grow yourself if yeah. you need some more tips <laughs> yeah. on that. So when does burnout really become unhealthy? Always. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. 
A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is of course the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I use this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash chicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash chicks. Oh, burnout is always unhealthy. Tempo. Now, stress is not always unhealthy. Stress is a motivator. Stress is adrenaline. Stress uh, is natural. Stress, stress is, is a very natural, natural reaction. Exactly. So that isn't always unhealthy. It's normal. It's typical. It's part of everyday life. Burnout is different. Basically, burnout is the extreme lasting not moving and that's how that that's the indicator to keep in mind if you want to learn more about stress mm. and completing the stress response cycle and how um stress might lead to burnout and how it affects your physical symptoms emily nagowski has a really good book called burnout <laughs> and she was also jen and i did a workshop with her a few years she's ago she's lovely phenomenal yes. she also uh, wrote the book come as you are which is an amazing piece um, we said we have to start a book club. So this month for our book club. It's <laughs> Burnout. This week is Burnout by Emily Nagowski. Get to it. It's phenomenal. And she does also talk about that same stress cycle a little bit with less detail in Come As You Are, her first book. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, trying to set boundaries. I love this question. For Me too. Trying to set boundaries to rest from burnout, but people are not reacting well. This is going to happen. I am not going to try to pretend like it's not happening. And I'm actually not going to give you um, any tips on how to make it not happen because we can't control other people. Also, when you change something people don't like it. in your relationships, right? When people are used to you doing something, used to you not setting boundaries and going to everything they ask of you, when you start to change something, people are going. To, people might react poorly to it. It just it throws them off when they are so used to you not setting boundaries, and so that is not your responsibility to make sure that no. they don't have a negative reaction. That's their responsibility, and it might happen, but it is okay. It's not your job to please everyone. It is your job to please yourself. So that is something to hold on to. And in some ways, you could also say if they get frustrated, you could also say like, "Listen, I don't like this either. I don't like this feeling. I don't like burnout. I don't like saying no to you. I'm on the same page. This sucks." And still, this is when we do yes and, not yes but, and yes and still, I have to do this for myself. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Um. How do you balance work, being a wife, keeping your damn house clean, health, 
et cetera, et cetera. Align and let go. Align and let go. I'm going to say it again. Align and let go. Get it tattooed on your body. (laughs) What can I actually let go of? The house does not have to be perfect. What works? Do I have it in my means to even have a cleaning person once a month, right? Like, you know, like that is a really helpful thing in my marriage um, (laughs) um, because I don't have Jen's husband who I've been thinking about stealing for quite some time. You can have him. Yeah. um, And uh, what it is is there isn't an exact formula of how to balance this, but what we can do is to say if I break it down and go through my goals of the week and really look at how I'm spending the hours of my life, what am I choosing to do with my time? Also, give yourself some grace, right? Like if you can't get certain things done – um, and sometimes we're, we're just so hard on ourselves when we're not able to do things, things that we expect of ourselves. Give yourself some grace. You're not going to be able to tackle everything. You're human. And if you're hard on yourself about it, you are just going to go down that spiral and your burnout is going to get worse. So cut yourself some slack. It is okay that you can't get everything done. And balance is a relative term, right? Everything is not going to be in balance all of the time. There are certain times when you're going to focus on on one thing and other times you're going to focus on another. So if you give yourself grace to know, everything will not be in balance all of the time. And that's okay. Yeah. Okay, so here's a phenomenal question we have to do. Um, because I would bet most listeners have experienced this in life. Ready for this? This is what somebody wrote in about. I find myself in a pattern where the jobs I'm taking have way more duties than listed on the job posting or discussed in the interview. So I guess my question is twofold. How do I choose better and how do I establish boundaries with a boss who expects too much without feeling like I'm jeopardizing my job? For example, I was never supposed to do bookkeeping. That's not even my field or experience. And that got added to my plate along with other tasks because they're too cheap to hire more staff. Not cool. Not cool. I'm scared to move on to something else and make the same mistake. Think the grass is greener, but then pick something else that has hidden duties not listed. Every HR person or interviewee knows how to pitch it to make the place and job seem amazing. And then I opt in and find the same predicament. Let me say, we hear this far too fucking often. This happens all the time. If you were in HR and be an interview interviewer, I want you to take a look and do a little internal thought yourself right now. How am I selling this and what am I putting out to the world? This happens all the time. Here is a secret power you don't know. You are allowed to say, I can't take on that additional duty. It wasn't something we talked about. If this keeps happening the first time it happens... Don't wait to the third. Don't wait to the fourth. Don't wait to the fucking second. The first time this happens, you're going to ask for a meeting with your direct supervisor or whoever you feel comfortable with. And you're going to say, this really wasn't listed in my job description. I don't have the skills for this. Is there something else I'll be letting, I'll, there's, is there another task that I'll be letting go to learn how I would be doing this? I'd like to have a conversation more. You do not say yes. And if you're an employer who is saying that these are the job duties and then you're adding on more and your employees are expecting that they're going to be doing a certain job and then they're getting more added onto their plate it's automatic that they are going to be overwhelmed and disappointed because which decreases your productivity exactly because your their expectations were one thing and they're getting more added to their plate and, I think, and that's what you could say is, I think that this is really going to get in the way of my productivity. It doesn't feel like a task I'm able to take on right now. And it's going to take me away from doing yeah. the tasks that you I want me to do, to do. That, that I was hired to do. Yeah. And you're right. Unfortunately, 
so many organizations because we're obsessed with capitalism and making more money and all this different stuff. You're right. They do not hire someone else and they should be. You're allowed to give that suggestion. As long as you are respectful and how you communicate, you are allowed to say no. And if you are fired for that, I hope to God you get yourself a good fucking lawyer. <laughs> Jen Absolutely. <laughs> like, he doesn't really do that, but oh, it's but fine. He will He will take it on. We will figure it out. Yeah, you. we have rights. And we have to stop believing you have rights in your workplace. Educate yourself on them. And then also stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Advocate for yourself. Yes. And you know what? If it doesn't change, you can make the choice to look for another job. Your happiness and well-being is essential because if you start getting burnt out, you're not going to be able to do a thing. It's going to trickle into your it's going to trickle into work. It's also going to trickle outside of work into your relationships. You're not going to be able to function in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, like the financial pieces are essential to look at. However, it's so important that you're able to find that inner peace, even if, even when there's stress, even when you have to tackle things, it is okay to advocate for yourself. And then if nothing changes, you get to make a change. Control what you can control. Absolutely. So how do you tell the difference between burnout or being in the wrong place overall? Example, if you feel burnout at work, how do you know if your job is not the right fit or if you're just experiencing burnout? This is a great question. And it's hard. It's really, it's a hard indicator, especially if you constantly doubt yourself, right? Mm -hmm. If you're somebody who is maybe a little bit more anxious and questions themselves and has a lot of self-doubt, then this one might be hard for you to think about. So talk, think about it this way. If I was doing the same exact task in a different office environment, do I still want to be doing this task, right? So maybe I don't like my environment, but like I'm talking about like, like I'm going back to HR for some reason, but we'll just stick with it. This is an example of that. So like dealing with people's timesheets, we'll say, and but I really don't like my boss. And I don't feel supported. Is it really that job that's really overwhelming and burnout for me or is it this environment so trying to break it down in that way also if you set those boundaries that we were talking about and you can't recover from your burnout right it's just not happening there's no ability to recover from it or if you recover and then get burnt out again even you know implementing certain tasks um, maybe it isn't the right fit for you. Maybe it's just you're not able to pull yourself out of it. There are things that are being asked of you that are too much um, for you to tackle, and that's okay. We can't do everything. We are human. So that's something to recognize, too. If you're really working towards recovering from burnout and it's too difficult and it, it, it's just not happening, then consider that as well. So... <clears throat> We also got a lot of questions specifically about therapist burnout. About therapist burnout. I love this. We're pumped about it. Yeah, we're so excited. Okay, so the next one's all about therapists and therapy burnout. As therapists, how do you avoid burnout? This is a really great question. So we can speak for ourselves, but I want you to keep in mind we're in a private practice setting. This is really different for people that are in an agency setting, mm-hmm. um, a family-based setting, a wraparound service um, setting. So really, like, keep in mind we're talking about private practice. Mm-hmm. Um, Limit the amount of clients you are seeing a day. If you need, I know so many of us in private practice think, okay, well, I'll just put, you know, eight to 10 clients in two days and I'll get it all done. That's too much. You won't be functioning. You won't be functioning. And what is, you're shaking. 
at the end of the night. I mean, your body is having a physical reaction. And what's happening to your last two clients? Right. They're getting shafted, man. Yeah, no, you are, not, some, you are somewhere else. Yeah, you are somewhere when, else, When right? we have seen that many clients, at least for me, I have been completely shut down at the end of the night. It's I so go hard. home and yeah. I am not myself. Yes. I am I'm pretty much disassociated yeah, at that I'm point. Dis- yeah, actually. Well, you know what I, I noticed I, I would do was I would always stop for fast food those nights. Like, I was looking <clears> for <throat> some type comfort. of, yes, of comfort. I was so messed up. So if you're in a private practice setting, limit the amount of clients who take on a certain day. Take on another one or two days to space it all out. I know that might feel, um, you know, frustrating, but you also need breaks during your day. That's mm-hmm. something really important to keep on. The boundaries with your clients. Your clients, so many therapists let their clients text them or email. Mm-hmm. Limit it to scheduling. If you have people, you have to keep resetting that boundaries with them. Um, you are not, if you are in private practice, you are not an IOP program. You're not a PHP program. Don't start acting like one. And let your clients know off the bat, I only answer texts at this time Mm -hmm. unless it's an emergency, right? So set your boundaries at the beginning to say, this is what I do. This is how I function. If you want to communicate with me, you communicate with me through this and I will answer during this time. You're already setting the boundaries for yourself. And for you to really take a good look at your schedule. If you have um, six high conflict couples in a row, that's not gonna work. No. So you have to, like I have clients that bring up maybe some of my own stuff or bring up more difficult things or have a high conflict case or um, um, trauma survivors that we do a lot of trauma work. I have to space them out in a very deliberate and considerate way to take care of myself. Take a look at your population, look at your schedule, move it around to give the best care to them and to yourself. So next question, how do you keep work and life separate and not let your clients' emotions affect you after work? This is a tough one. Sometimes it will. So sometimes it will. So here's another thing, especially at the beginning when you're getting used to doing this work, it is really hard to be able to emotionally separate yourself. It's going to affect you, especially when you're listening to very hard stories and so this is something and we mentioned this at the beginning um there's something in in uh, the helping profession in therapy with therapists called compassion fatigue when you are listening to really difficult stories it is very easy to take on Mm -hmm. some of that trauma and and you can get secondhand trauma you can get secondhand ptsd right from listening to these really really difficult stories so this is honestly something that comes with time your ability to emotionally separate yourself there were times when i've been in session and i've been so affected by someone's story that i felt like i was going to pass out yeah Uh, that doesn't happen anymore because I have ha- I've developed the ability to separate myself. And it's so important in grad school, you really learn to separate yourself from mm-hmm. your clients in order to not affect them, in order yeah. to not bring your own stuff into your therapy. So that's something you learn. It's also, so- it's, it's like a muscle. You have to practice it. You learn it over time. Absolutely. Um, so the next question, how many clients do you see in one day on average and how do you say it's done in Okay, so for the record, when we were starting out at first created the Westchester Therapy Group, we were seeing, we went from seeing like, you know, like two to five, we were first building up, and then when we got really busy, Jen and I were both seeing about eight to ten. That is too many Way too clients. many. Do not do that. Don't we do don't, that. We don't care how much money you need. It doesn't matter. It's not you worth it. It will affect you. Also, you won't be the best therapist for your yeah. client, as we've said. For me, my I five. I do my best with five. Mm-hmm. Um, I me do too. my best having three and then a break 
and then two. Yes. That is my golden amount. That's when I stay the most present and the most focused. The other part, this person said, like, how do you say it's head of a present um, each one after a long day? If you're in a private practice setting and you have the ability, we work a 50-minute hour. You have to be wrapping up by 45, doing um, payment and scheduling from 45 to 50, and because you need 10 minutes to go to the bathroom, to have some water. To do some jumping jacks. To do some jumping jacks if need be to reground yourself and to put yourself in a loving, caring, productive mindset for your next client. Because your each client deserves that. And nowhere else in your life do you get the gift of 50 minutes of just about you. We give people a gift when we do this work and they deserve the best for that. Absolutely. So next question was about me. Okay. <laughs> so nice. I know Jennifer started off in marketing and later changed careers. I worked in a corporate marketing for four years and I'm really unhappy with it. I loved the psych classes I took in high school and college and want to help people directly. So my current job does not fit my personality or interest at all. Here's my question. What prompted you to change careers and how did you know that therapy would be the right fit? Scary to think about going back to school without being totally sure it's the right move. So scary. So scary. So here's my answer. I had no idea, right? (laughs) Like how would I be able to predict the future? What I did know is how many miserable I was in the business world. I you I could just feel in my heart that there was no connection to doing it to being in the business world to being in marketing um, that that what I was pulled towards was helping people it there's a part of me that felt very fulfilled by that. I mean this is the calling and we talked about this in their episode uh, with uh, Bryn Scipio which about the therapy is a calling. Mm-hmm. You have been that person. If you are called to help people, it is right. Therapy doesn't have to be the only way to do that, though. Yes. There are so many ways to help people. But also, let's say you're in marketing. Would you rather be marketing, uh, or this person's in corporate marketing, would you rather be for a nonprofit, for a helping, for a hospital, for pediatrics, right? What population? Is there a way to be involved that isn't with therapy? Or do you keep getting signs from the universe and called mm-hmm. to be towards therapy? Right. Or do you, do you need to work with people directly? Yes. Right? Like, is that the thing that's the most fulfilling for you? So, so yeah, you never know if something's going to work out perfectly. There's no way to predict it. But this is when we talk about calculated risk. Is it still worth it? Absolutely. For, it, for you, it was. Oh, my God. Well, it really worked out because you met me. Oh, well, I met you, which was <laughs> just <laughs> just changed my whole the life path. could have ever happened, yeah, of so, course. But it was the best decision I've ever made. And, and honestly, the very corny quote where people say, if you enjoy what you're doing, it doesn't feel like you're working. And that's exactly how it feels. Mm. This does not feel like work to us at all. I think also so many people are swayed from this profession because there is this myth that you cannot be financially stable yes and work in therapy and that is just this lie that's being told i think that's also changed a ton i think it's changed a ton too but i think people are like oh i'd rather go to a corporate job where you know i feel like i'm gonna make more financially and so think about it is money what's motivating you right and how much does it matter and that's what keep talking about we have to release that and that is really scary and it's easier said than done of course but if you really take a look at yourself and your personal finances, how much is a scarcity mindset affecting your decisions? 
So those are our questions. That was it. That was the most we've ever Guys, had. And we were like, ooh, this will be a and short there was a, there was a, yeah, there was some podcast. Yeah, and wasn't. no, it was not. It was very long. And you so stuck it out with us. Thank you for sticking with us. We, as we say every time, we appreciate you so much. We have two amazing guests coming up in the next we're few weeks. We're so, so excited. Really we have an amazing episode on body image and diet culture with our favorite, favorite in the entire world registered um uh, dietitian, yes, um, who owns Balanced Nutrition. Natalie, she's so amazing. We have some other girls that are coming on that have an organization called DIY Breakup about calling off your wedding if you need to, and some and, other that and others some, yeah. that we don't even know yet. <laughs> we have we will get there. <laughs> so thanks for being a part of this. Thank you so we much. Love you. Thanks for spending this time with us. Be good to yourself. Take care. Bye bye.